0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Howdy everybody, I'm Robert. And I'm Iron. This is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that say something different than the typical Hollywood movies. I like that, because the movie we're discussing this week is No, no Safe, Safe spaces. spaces.
0: And the top Five.
1: <laughs>
2: top now, five I wanna, is top I four. Wanna,
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's f- four movies. Yes. Top five is four movies. But there's a reason why we're doing that.
1: This is our fourth season.
0: <laughs> it, is. it is. This is episode number 151. Mm-hmm. So technically, that's the beginning of season four.
1: We do 50-week uh, seasons. That's right. So we take a couple weeks off throughout the year. Yeah, and uh, we're entering okay. into season four. 151
0: episodes. Ira,
1: what do you think? I'm tired. You're going to
0: leave me alone already.
1: You can quit at <laughs> any time.
0: Yeah, you're going to get a quick substitute replacement. <laughs> yeah, Anyway. I'm
1: trying to get Madeline to talk. She'll do it. Yeah, yeah
0: Madeline. She's already talking. Yeah, yeah.
1: And she says nothing. Yeah, no. but uh,
0: congrats. On season four and episode 151, Yay! buddy. Yeah, you too, bud. I should have brought my little horn whistleblower thing. You've
1: been here for almost, almost all
0: of them. Almost. Almost all, I think, except for the first four or five. Four episodes, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Four four episodes. F- that's good. Four. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting top five. Yeah. Four movies. Yeah. Yeah. F-O-U-R. Well. Well. And does the word four have to be in the title necessarily? Well.
1: Well. well. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll, we'll find out. You know, we? that brings us to our top five from previous weeks. Ah, we took a week off last week. We did. I don't know if did. you knew that or not. Yeah, I, well, I did. You were yeah. here and yeah, you were I trying was? to record. Oh,
0: yeah, I thought it went really fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was just you last Saturday night. Uh, so we took a week off, and I have a lot to talk to, to you about. But we should real quick kind of review. We got some mail. We should.
0: And last week's, of course, was top five Robert De Niro films. Yeah. Right? So
1: we got some people that wrote in about a few things. We did. Uh, this person wrote in and said, all right, what? Do, wag the Dog, uh, Bronx Tale, Raging Bull. Uh, those are a few good ones. And did we mention uh, Cape Fear? Did we mention?
0: I think I had that down as a, I
1: think uh, an I extra. extra. I scoop, actually scoop. I saw it this week. Did you? I did.
0: How did that? Re- it held up really And you're talking well. about the remake. Obviously yeah, not awesome. the original, yeah. right? And... Uh, Well, I really like what's her name, Juliette Lewis. Uh, I'm sure you do. I really like her. Yeah, she's pretty hot in that movie.
1: There were a bunch of people that were turned away from that movie for that role. Uh, They had turned down a lot. Really? And, you know, the Nick Nolte role, uh, Harrison Ford was originally going to play, and uh, they they turned down, or he turned it down. There's a bunch of people that that turned it down, and that movie was really. It's good. It holds, man. De Niro's great in that movie yes I forgot how great he was yes I knew he was good and watching it again I'm going this is De Niro really showing what he can do right with chops yeah acting chops yeah
0: remember we brought this up a couple of weeks ago when I said is Robert De Niro a great actor I'm not sure anymore yeah that he's almost almost a parody of himself
1: that's exactly what I was saying I was talking about the Irishman today with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and you know, he he had recently seen it and I said. It just feels like Pacino and De Niro are doing impressions of themselves. It feels like like Pacino grew up only watching *Son of a Woman*, and he only knows how to act, <laughs> in the, and so he's looking for, oh, is it the part where I say hoo-ha? Yeah, yeah. And my friend was like, uh, you, you know, what? What about some of the the earlier movies that he did? And I'm like, yeah, you, you don't think of him in in like. In Dog Day Afternoon, going, huh? Right. Attica, right? You know, just not the same.
0: <laughs> you know, that's an interesting premise. We can almost make that argument for all people who achieve greatness. If they live long enough, they become a parody of themselves. John Wayne, he did not deserve the Oscar for True Grit, the first one. The first mm. one. He. De- everyone knew it was an Oscar that was given for a body of work. But there right. too, he was almost John Wayne being John Wayne. Yeah. Somewhat parody-like.
1: Yeah. You know, I get what you mean. I don't know if it's everybody, but I'll, I'll well, certainly take that point.
0: Yeah. Oh, I guess your daughter takes it, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wait. You, what are you saying? Are you saying my daughter takes it? Well, I, not that way. That's what you just said. You I said, pla- I guess your daughter takes it, too. Are you saying, it like, the
0: butt? Is that what you're implying right now? Well, I don't father? know. These are, are you your words.
1: That? Wait. Uh-oh, Joey's getting upset. Is she? She's walking out of the room. I don't think my what? my wife really appreciates your references to anal rape. I, but, but,
0: <laughs> I'm innocent, I tell you. I'm innocent. You know, we got another interesting response too in a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago about leave the films alone. Yeah. Even if they're flawed because of technology, they could be made, quote, better. Yeah. But it's not making it better. And as Pearson said, so, we got an interesting response here. I think we'd like to share part of it at yeah, least. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the best example of someone who had trouble deciding. You, you know, I'm missing oh, you in le- the mic. Talk to oh, your Yeah. Oh, well, I can't. Uh, Leonardo um, uh, da Vinci. You're bending your head I, to I look know, at the paper. I want to be able to pull the paper up to your face. Oh, well, probably. here, I'm doing it. Uh, this is why uh, it took, what was it, 18. You keep going You're, quiet. Why don't you just read this? Bring it up to your face. Yeah, but then I can't there's a glare. Oh. Yeah, and I'm squinting. On a piece of paper? Just read the few oh. sentences that this
1: reader. Well, it wrote. might be because you printed it out in point 8 hey, size no, font. It's pretty small. Uh, The best example of someone who had trouble deciding when a painting was finished was Leonardo da Vinci. And, of course, famously, the Mona Lisa was never finished, right? He kept kind of toying with it. That's right. So this is why he left us only 15 paintings total. He held on to the Mona Lisa for over 17 years, repeatedly making improvements. And the reason that it is in the Louvre instead of in Italy is that he spent the last years of his life working for the King of France. And he still had the unfinished Mona Lisa in his possession Hmm. when he died. I wonder if the guy who requested this painting of his wife ever got his deposit back.
0: There's that, yeah, yeah. He was, actually and that's actually to why it was
1: stolen. You know that that's what made it so famous was. Uh the Mona Lisa was stolen in the early 1900s uh, by an Italian who wanted to bring it back to Italy. Uh he claimed that it was an Italian work and what's it doing in France? It belongs in Italy. And uh of course that's what made the Mona Lisa so famous and and people were printing it in newspapers. People kind of saw it for the first time. It wasn't that famous of a painting beforehand. Interesting. It's just Interesting. kind of Oh, it's a Da Vinci, but it wasn't. Right. It right. wasn't famous.
0: And of course, this reader, this reader, this listener is responding to that discussion we had a couple of weeks ago about enough is enough, let it go, let it be. Whether it's the explosion of the the Death Star in Star Wars, which could be made better with today's technology, or Spielberg technology. Uh,
1: taking out guns in ET and putting walkie talkies in the in the cops' hands. Is that true? Oh yeah, you don't. That's the famous one. Tell us about that. I didn't know this. Oh, and at the this. end of ET, when he's riding off in his bike with ET all the cops when they shot it had guns and he went back and digitally edited it. So they had walkie talkies.
0: That's crazy. That's because of the PC again, making it politically correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up, isn't it? That's just,
1: yeah. yeah, And, and and the whole job of the hut stuff from the original star Wars. And I think that's what we were talking about on this podcast was, uh, You know, at what point do you just let it go? And if you're going to re edit it, you got to release the original one with it. Uh, Famously, recently, Francis Coppola did this with Apocalypse Now. That's right. And, you know, he's already done a a redux, but he did another one recently. I I think it was earlier this year, he had released yet another cut of Apocalypse Now. It's still not, quote unquote, finished, according to the auteur. Well, it is finished. Depending on who you ask, it just
0: is finite. But yeah, even again, we referenced this before with Close Encounters, where Spielberg went back and made the special edition when Richard Dreyfus' character walks into the mothership at
1: the end. And see, I don't, I think that's what the bonus features are for. You know, it's like let, I'm let's imagine some of that, but let's not tinker with the past. Right. And again, if you are going to do that, at least make the original available. The whole problem is that you can't get the Star Wars the original cut anywhere on on Blu-ray. How about that?
2: That's how about
0: that? That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Instead, it should be a bonus feature yeah. on a separate disc or something. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or on the same or, disc. Or dual disc, man. Yeah. You'd sell yeah. more units. Yeah. More more cost. Do you know how many fanboys are out there that would love to have both versions? Absolutely. And you know, contrast and compare and you expand your universe a little bit more. It's 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 all pretend. Everybody's trying to make it seem like it's this documentary or something like that. It's a, yeah. it's a fucking fantasy movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a bunch of aliens. Who yeah. cares? Is that what it's about? Oh. You've never seen them. I saw. It. <laughs> yeah. So good. Let's
0: move on. Good. Shall let's we? move on. Let's yeah. move on. Good. Let's move on. Hey, Amen. Is it time for? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Some are old. Some are new. No. 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 What? Corner's corner. Cor- no. No. You're not uh,
1: fucking with me. You're fucking with me. Oh, God, nah.
0: Not after 151 episodes. <laughs> you're not going to trick me on that.
1: Uh, yeah, but you weren't here. Gotta before, tell but...
0: you, unfortunately, we must the following. Oh, that's wrong. Okay. This is the one, of course, about the week in review. Some are old, some are new. We now present. Who's going to go? What have you seen
1: this week? Uh, You know what I saw that I want to talk to you about. I got a chance this weekend to go to the silver nitrate series that the American Cinematheque is doing. Do you know about this? No. So what they do is they show the old silver nitrate prints. That are notoriously flammable, you know, they were, they're very, very flammable If you've, uh, if you've seen the last, uh, not the episode, the last 10 minutes of *Inglorious Bastards Where the Hmm. the film reels catch on fire and the whole, the theater, you know, goes up in flames That's all silver nitrate um, that was used in prints at the time And because it was so flammable, and there's many theaters just mere blocks away from where we're at that still have damage and redesign work that's done from fires that have happened during shows uh, here in Los Angeles. But the silver nitrate prints, there's only four theaters in the country that can show silver nitrate that are equipped uh, with the right kind of projection uh, procedures and everything to to show it. So a
0: conventional projector, film projector, won't work with a silver Uh, nitrate print?
1: I would bet if you... Put a silver nitrate print in and hit forward; it would go, but it could catch fire. Got there's it. a lot of like safety protocols, and I think they're not probably not insured, you know, to to do that correctly. Uh, and you're probably going to do a lot of damage to the print, right. and so I doubt anyone's going to let you do it uh, for liability reasons, for uh, historical reasons. So you start damaging those prints, and they don't make them anymore. So there's only a handful of them left. So the American Cinematheque does a series on this uh, once a year where they'll show old silver nitrate prints. And they're notoriously, I shouldn't say notorious, they're famously, that's probably the better word, uh, wonderful for uh, film noir movies. And you you get these lush, uh, rich, dark blacks and the tones look great and everything else. I got to tell you, I was disappointed. I saw Rebecca. I saw Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca, which is a good movie. Um, but the print, I really don't think you... If I showed you one reel of Rebecca in Silver Nitrate and another reel in just a conventional black and white film print, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to tell me the difference. Really? I don't think so. I I think this is the same kind of vinyl snobbery. You know, of like, <laughs> I sure oh, but did, it's yeah. so much warmer. Yeah. And it's like... Maybe, maybe some people could tell the difference. I mean, I I know film very well. I know what the film look is. And I'm telling you, I don't know. I could not pick it out. Wow. If, I'm being, so intellectually, difference. if I'm being intellectually honest, I do not think I could figure out what it was. To me, honestly, it looked a little more washed out. The blacks didn't look richer. They looked a little more muted. It looked more um, gray. Like the gray scale seemed... Um, it didn't seem as contrasty. It seemed less contrasty. So the blacks did not seem rich black. The whites did not seem rich white. So
0: is this a gimmick to get people to come to pack the theater?
1: Well, maybe, maybe, but I think it's also, there's a prestige thing of like, you're going to, it's the first silver nitrate print I've ever seen. Hmm. Uh, I'll be honest as well. Uh, again, if I'm being intellectually honest, maybe it was just this print. Maybe Mm -hmm. other prints are better than this print. I, I don't know. Uh, it was cool. Christopher Nolan did a little intro for really? it. And there was, I mean, it was a sold out audience. Obviously, if you know, you're doing silver nitrate and you're, you've got Christopher Nolan doing an intro, people are going to show up. And, you know, I, th- I think people had a really good time watching the movie, but I don't think it, there was this, oh, this is right. silver nitrate. It's right. like seeing all these new things. I, I don't think that's the case. Hmm. Now, I will admit I had not seen the movie since high school. And even then when I watched it in high school, I I kind of dozed through a lot of it. So I don't remember much of it. Uh, and so maybe there are these intricate little things in the background that uh, that I would now, I now I'm noticing that weren't there in the you know in the DVD version or the the Blu-ray version but i got to tell you the you know you and i discovered this our movie 30 love which you can buy at 30lovefilm.com and if you uh really? type in Anti-Wave, you get 10% off you're kidding yeah, over 3 hours but of But are there features. any bonus features? I already said that. over 3 oh, hours yeah, of no, bonus Yeah features. i should learn to listen more <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: if you when <laughs> we watched our film on the screen it was th- <laughs> It was not as good as the Blu-ray. Absolutely, it's weird. Absolutely, the Blu-ray just has so much information; it, it pops. It, it does. It and pops. I'll. I got to tell you, I would be. I almost feel like the Blu-ray was almost better than watching it on the computer screen when mm. we were editing, editing it. it. I mean, that's straight off of the recorded yeah. material. Yeah. And if I am being intellectually honest, again, I am. I would tell you, I think the Blu-ray almost looks better than that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. at least as it's at least as, as good as
0: right, right.
1: So, I, I guess the difference with the Blu-ray is it, it does add like a. You know, you're watching on the television, you're not watching on a computer monitor, right? But anyway, uh, that's that's what I watch. Other than
0: the visual quality or lack of, with Rebecca, how was the movie itself? Did it hold up?
1: It's good. It holds up. Uh, it's a little tropey by this point. You know, you've seen a lot of those things that. Are in the movie a lot of the, you know where it's going to zig and where it's going to zag because the movie's from nineteen fucking forty, you know, and a right. lot of the conventions that were not in place at the time are in place now. We know, oh, uh, okay, we know how this is going to turn out, and you kind of know who's going to get it in the end and who's not. So, do you? Did you see it? Do you remember it? I
0: I know of it. I feel like I've seen segments of it, but I haven't seen it all the way yeah. through. I would I would like that. Um, it's so a good movie. Here's my. Did it catch fire?
1: It did, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm a and the skeleton. Whole theater, and the whole it's theater. funny. The very last scene of the movie is a gigantic fire. Are you that, serious? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie over uh, yeah. uh, 80 years That's old. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, the the, the last scene is a, the whole house just catches fire and um, it's a gigantic fire. Anyway, there you go. What did you see this week?
2: Here's what I saw. Or last th-
1: week.
0: Or, la- or last t- a couple of weeks. Um, I, saw, I saw Born Ultimatum. Now, this was the third one, mm-hmm. and I only found myself watching the last 30 minutes. This is the one where he, Matt Damon, finally gets the head honcho, the CIA director, mm-hmm. Albert Finney. And we've, we learned what we always thought to be true, that he's a trained CIA assassin. Right. But the big, it's kind of a minor aha, was when Albert Finney's character said, you volunteered. You came to us. You wanted to be on the... And that was... It was it was compelling. It wasn't terribly surprising, but it was compelling, and I liked the way that whole sequence was shot.
1: Did you see part two, The Supremacy? Yes. Did you see it recently? No. It's really interesting if you watch the movies back to back. Really? There's some scenes that are in Supremacy that when you watch Ultimatum, you go, oh, shit, that's completely different than I thought it was going to be. Like, what what you're watching in part two... Takes on completely different meanings when you watch part three. Really? Yeah. It's it's interesting in that way.
0: Well, now I have to go back and watch the second one. Mm-hmm.
1: And they use some of the same footage, and you're going, "Oh wow, I didn't realize that's what that was. I thought I was watching something different." It's pretty pretty interesting in that way. Hmm. I will do that. Star Trek the Motion Picture. I'm sorry.
0: Star Trek the
1: what? <laughs> I'm sorry you watched it.
0: Why? I like what I like what Ray Bradbury said. Seriously, in nineteen seventy nine, when it came out, he said, "It's not a bad movie. It's just too long. It needs to be edited." And uh-huh. I found truth in that. I, I did the whole thing with you know Voyager, Vigor, Vigor, and all that. Yeah. And then the, the giving birth, new evolution, and blah blah blah, and all that stuff. So I, I found myself watching that. But I went to the theater in nineteen seventy nine, and it was an important. It was an important night for me, being a Trekkie. It was an important night. Do you think of yourself as a Trekkie? I live long and prosper.
1: Not your dick's motto. (laughs) Hey,
0: I saw the last 20 minutes of Titanic. Yeah, it was fun watching that ship go down. But the main thing I want to talk to you about is my fourth and final film. There was something on an HBO documentary. It was originally made for TCM called Image Makers, The Adventures of American Pioneer Cinematographers. I've seen it, yeah. You have. Yeah. It was really good. It's been a while that I've seen it, yeah. It it was just wonderful and there was something about two things I want to point out Um, in the old Jekyll and Hyde film. Yeah. You know where I'm going with a famous tracking shot where he walks into a house and it's from his point of view and he... So we don't see him because we're seeing it through his eyes. He turns to a supposed mirror. I'm putting the word mirror in quotes because in actuality, it's an open window where the actor runs around the other side to look into the camera. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a POV shot, but it was very clever the way it was done. And they also went back to um, uh, Tolan, who was a cinematographer, of course, for... Um, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Tolan did so much. Greg Toland. Y- yeah, he did so much. He even. He even... Got a special element to coat the lens so there'd be limited flare or glare because of the aperture he was using. Look what this guy did. Yeah. Look how... Genius. De- genius. Yeah. Truly genius. And a lot with James Wong, Howe, and so on. It's just a fascinating documentary. I'm glad you had seen it.
1: Yeah. I, I can't remember very much from it, but I'm, I remember watching it a while back. I think I watched it like late one night, so I'm not, I really should go watch it again. Yeah. But I know I've seen HBO. it. I kind of checked the box, but I can't remember very much about it. So I was playing on HBO, huh?
0: That's what I saw this week. That's pretty good. Good. Hey, man, you want to talk about no safe spaces? Let's do it.
1: And Robert, talk us through it. No safe spaces is a documentary that centers around Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager as they kind of um, take a, a put their toe in the water of um, of freedom of of speech and especially as it pertains to. Uh, the college campuses and, uh, speaking about the college, uh, speaking on college campuses, uh, and the alt right and just conservative groups that speak on campuses and how they're being kind of shut down by other people. Now, we should point out before we go too much further, we had planned originally to watch Ford versus Ferrari, and we are going to do that next week. So Mm -hmm. we, we made a call because we had a chance to watch this movie. We made an audible and we said, look, let's, uh, Let's go ahead. Because it has a
0: limited run in right. theaters. I think it'll be gone, and it's theatrical release right. within a week. And right. so
1: we said, look, even though we had planned to do Ford v. Ferrari, we will do that next week. So if anyone's listening to this and wanted to talk about Ford v. Ferrari, we we will next week. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. But let's stick with no safe spaces. Good. Good. What did you what think? What did you think? I asked you first. You yeah. What do you think? I usually go first. I'm interested you in your usually thoughts. Go, I liked it.
0: I liked it. I did too. I thought it was a solid documentary. And Robert, you and I can often have a somewhat of a conservative bend, yeah. and it appealed to me on that level. I I've always been a fan of Dennis Prager going back decades
1: and I've always been a fan of Adam Kroll. There we go. Going back decades. Th- there,
0: that's great. That's great. And I used to listen to Dennis Prager on Sunday nights when I'd be driving home for my dates for my blind dates and he had a show called religion on the line. I'm not a religious man. You know that about me. Yeah. But every Sunday night driving home I would listen to him and I I liked him a lot. He's very he's he's articulate and sensible yeah i just like the way he would he would present things well
1: the documentary does a good job of really showing the contrast between adam crolla and dennis prager they virtually have nothing in common and they talked about that and they're they're like what they see in the world is make is sensible and that's the point that they make but their hobbies are different uh their their takes on pop culture are different i mean it's just I don't. I really think you would be hard pressed to find two people that are more dissimilar in America. Right. I mean, an East Coast Jew and a West Coast loudmouth Italian, and yeah. it's like wh- these guys don't have anything in common. But yet they see eye to eye on this issue. And Boy, something you said too just a minute ago. You said you and I have a conservative bent, and you know, in watching this movie, it started to kind of dawn on me. I don't think we have a conservative bent. I think we're liberal. We are liberal. We're just not leftist. And it's like a conservative wouldn't say the word fuck on this show. And I don't I don't think that we're conservative. We've we have fallen into that um what am I saying? That that group M- or that label yeah. because we have rejected the left. Does that make sense? It sure does. It sure does. Right. Right. I don't think that we're conservative. That doesn't
0: conservative. make us conservative. It makes us clear thinkers. Yeah. I, actually, I, that's a quote from the film, isn't it? When Dennis Prager said at least two times the film that he's he wants clarity is more important than agreement. Yes. I fucking love that.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I fucking I,
0: it. I That resonated. That yeah. shot through me. I got a, a shiver when he said that. Clarity is more important than agreement.
1: That's, yeah. And... I, I want to be clear about something. Yeah. I, I'm I am a Adam Carolla fanboy. Like I I listen to his podcast all all the time. I've listened to every episode. I've listened to almost every episode of Loveline. I've listened to hours and hours and hours of Adam Corolla. and I like his viewpoint on virtually everything. There's a few things I disagree with him on, uh, but for the most part, I would say 95%, maybe 97%. I agree with him on. I like this documentary, but I actually don't think it's a good documentary. Why? Because it's kind of a mess. It's kind of disjointed. Um... And I I, as I was watching it, I was going, I like this. I love the message. I love what you're doing. And and it's getting it's a rally cry to get people to speak up and talk about certain issues. But I think and and it looks beautiful. It's got these segments that are really well crafted, but they don't hang together well. And I kept thinking about like if this was an art gallery, it would be a bunch of paintings by the same author, but the, the paintings don't have a cohesive feel to them. And I'm actually kind of reminded a lot of Michael Moore's documentaries, and I think, um, did I say that right? I was, mm-hmm. getting, was it Michael Moore? Mm-hmm. And what's the other, what's the, who's the Roger Moore? Because of Roger and me, <laughs> right? So, you're, I was you're getting, right, Michael really right Michael right. Moore's documentaries, I think, have a similar feel sometimes where I'm watching them and I'm going, How does this hang together? You know, and, and it's a lot of like, Well, here's an idea, here's another idea, and I'm, I, I look at them going this is not a good documentary. And everyone's going, it's an amazing documentary. And I I found myself when Fahrenheit 9-11 came out or Bowling for Columbine, and I would say, it's not a good documentary. You just are really into the message of what it's saying. And I think the same is true here. If I'm being very honest, again, trying to be intellectually honest with it. And I think they would probably appreciate this concept, which is, I absolutely agree with your message, 100%. And I think more people should be on board with this message. And I think it's an important documentary for that reason. But I'm not sure it really gelled as a documentary. It was a bunch of little vignettes that all kind of tied together under one theme.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Would
1: Mm -hmm. you agree
2: with that? I, I
0: agree with that. I also did feel that it was a little bit too long. Yeah. And I had this feeling like we get it already. We get it already. It's yeah. sort of saying the same thing. And I thought that one segment in particular, the one at that, that college.
1: Um, the Evergreen College? Yes. Yeah. Too long. Yeah, That whole segment was too long. Well, if somebody had died, I think then that length could have been justified. Yeah, But it re- really, it was kind of the mood of the movie was kind of like, okay, all of this has been set. Now let's look at how bad it gets. And really culminated with a guy, like, Inspired. losing his job. And he
0: got uh, $500,000. Yeah, so I was kind of like, yeah, um... Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, that's bad. It's I, bad, and,
0: but if you're shot in the head, it would have more dramatic input and would justify the, the length. length. The length, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank
1: goodness he didn't get shot in the head, I right? No, do
0: It would have been a better documentary <laughs> if he had. That's, the, you're
1: that's getting, your humor. You're getting back to the that amazing so Jonathan weird. point, which was, <laughs> you're just exploiting me for my you're death. Right. You're right. And I will say this... Um, Again, I'm a huge Adam Carolla fan. I didn't need the car racing stuff in there. It's yeah, of left field. What was
0: that about? Because I guess he races cars. He, he likes does. cars. Yeah, he's right. a
1: car collector. Yeah. But it's like, that has nothing no. to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think they were trying to contrast that with Adam Prager, or De- Adam De- Bra- Dennis, De- Prager, Dennis Prager, who was conducting De- the but orchestra. That but that was organic. connected. The story, yes. The... the in fact, that's my money
0: shot. I that was an emotional swell for it me. It
1: was for me too, but and I started almost get a little teary. I did too. So, we should set it up. All right, set it up. The uh, there is a a slight through line of the movie where Dennis Prager is uh he has been asked to conduct the Los Angeles Symphony at the Walt Disney Concert Hall and Dennis Prager has said, "Look, I'm I'm trying to to do this and I don't get any money for conducting and all this money is going to the orchestra. It's a benefit for their cause. And they've never sold out the Los Angeles local symphony has never sold out the concert, hall, the Disney concert hall. And so he said, uh, you know, if I conduct and the way this is going, I might just sell it out. And there were seven different members of the orchestra who protested against Dennis Prager being there because they disagreed with his conservative views, one of which he even had onto his program. And they played some snippets of his, of the interview that he had with the uh, person who objected with uh, his political viewpoints, which is actually, if you ever listen to that whole interview, it's a really great interview, and you can hear how kind of wrong the person is. Like, they don't defend themselves well, although they certainly think they do. But the point being... Not wrong, but disagree. I would say You're wrong. You're going to say wrong. Right, yeah, right. I, think that, I think you can be wrong, but you have the right to, to say what you want to say. Right, right, right. And, and they do have the right to pull out, but I think it is wrong for people to call. Anyway, getting back to the point. Right. Prager sells the place out, and there's this moment where he comes out on stage, and he kind of gets a little choked up. And right before he starts to play... And it was real, by the way. Yeah. It was legit. Yeah. Go ahead. You could kind of tell was he was honest. overwhelmed, and yes. this is great. This worked out in the way of, from Dennis Prager's point of view, this um, this this truth and this light and this beacon, and, and this moment of happiness. He talks about happiness, and I think that's something that Prager is kind of somewhat known for, is his... Uh, His discussions about happiness. And he makes a good point, uh, oftentimes, in some of his radio shows about how we have a responsibility to be happy to other people when you're in a bad mood that's really very selfish of you and it's kind of fucked up to be in a bad mood around other people you should be putting on a happy face for other people especially those that you love you come home maybe you do it at work and then you come home and you treat your family members like shit and it's like no, i'm sick of being happy all day and it's like these are the people that you should be putting a happy face on for the people that you interact with on a, on a regular daily basis anyway that was definitely one of my money shots. Is, Absolutely. And the fact him. it was classical music. Yeah.
0: The, and, and he spoke earlier in the documentary about his passion for classical music. And what a beautiful way to end the film. It yeah. just wrapped it up so
1: neat. I think together. Um, there's a couple things about this movie that I really liked. One of, the, one of my money shots, I'm going to jump into it a little early. But one of the things I'm definitely going to remember five years from now is the... Secret recording that this girl made, uh, I say girl, she was actually, uh, I think, a teaching she's a professor's assistant, assistant yeah, teaching yeah, assistant, yeah. Uh, at a college. She was essentially fired or reprimanded for playing a video of a, um, of a left-leaning uh, professor interviewing Professor Jordan Peterson for her class. And she was brought in for uh, transphobia, and you know, and, and having you know the, a viewpoint that was counter to what the school wanted to promote. And of course, she didn't actually hold that view. I think she actually disagreed with Jordan Peterson, but she played it from played it, and then took a neutral stance That's in right. her class. That's right. And some, but she had been reprimanded by the administration. And when she was brought in for that meeting, she secretly recorded the the audio and. Oh my gosh, some of the things they said to her. Like, these are just kids and she's like, They're eighteen years old and like, Yeah, and that's too young to be dealing with some of these issues right. and she's saying, Well, what are we preparing them for? Right. Like, this is I I find that to be so outrageous to say something, and the whole theater—you could, I mean, you heard it. The whole Absolutely. theater was kind of—we saw it together—and the whole theater was very like, "What?" They were, and all he came disgusted. across like a
0: buffoon. Yes the way, um, uh, he was groping for words; he wasn't articulate. He was just, but he it was, was so condescending yes, too. He was very to, condescending to say the message about they're not ready for this—an
1: eighteen-year-old can't they're, handle they're not ready for this. a right. conversation right. between right a a conservative, or which I think they, I mean by the 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 tone of this movie i think they would actually consider themselves to be liberal uh but between two different political viewpoints and that's that's messed up man that's the whole point of college absolutely it's the whole point that's
0: why the I, we should say that a major chunk of the film was about free speech on a college
1: campus. Right. Let's say that.
0: And uh, it's so ironic. Damn near
1: 90% of it was that. It really right? was,
0: yes. By the way, that's one of my criticisms about the documentary. It could have gone to other areas, too, including the Me Too movement. There could have been other arenas that are going on, as well as having a conservative speaker at a, quote, liberal college. There's other stuff that yeah, could have been tackled. Yeah, I, I think it was about Even colleges, It though. was, Yeah. But even and it just touched on things about how some celebs were fired because they did a blackface many years ago. yeah it was hint it was mentioned so briefly and I thought there could have been more stuff on that it was I thought it was a little bit
1: top heavy with this the free speech room. I get what you're saying but I think that's a different documentary mm. I, I think this I think documentary was trying to it's say related. it's related for sure, but no. I think it's a different i th- I think this movie it set its sights on trying to say. Higher education is not educating people. Um, Although it did, it did deviate uh, somewhat into a very related area where it started talking about, you know, with, with like black people, they calling them victims all of the time Mm -hmm. really limits their ability. And they start to believe that they can't rise up. Adam Kroll had a really powerful analogy. Uh, And I started kind of getting a little choked up there, too, where he was talking about, let's say you have a kid who is in a wheelchair and you tell him you are going to be a success because despite all of this stuff, because despite this wheelchair, despite you can't walk, despite you might have some sort of speech impediment or something like that, you have the heart of a lion and you have great things in your future because you're capable. And he says, what we're doing is we're taking able-bodied people and telling them to use the handicap ramp. And it's kind of like, it's wow, an that's that's yeah. a really great analogy. Yeah. And, it, and it was funny, but also really true absolutely. And, and poignant. And I think that's absolutely the, the right. case. Right.
0: So I want to say that as much as 80% of this documentary was about the free speech movement and about conservative people speaking on a college campus. Right. And you you agree with that. And the irony, of uh, and I remember when that happened at Berkeley with that conservative speaker. Milo
1: Yelanopoulos? Uh,
0: yes. And look what happened. It's so ironic because I remember so well. Milo. In the- Milo.
1: I said Milo. I know. Milo. My- Milo. <laughs> Milo. Yiannopoulos.
2: Ilan-
0: oh, uh, uh, so. Is that the name? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Some Greek guy, huh? Some Greek, I guess. He's gay. Oh, yeah. I does. think he's actually. And they British. let him speak.
2: Yeah.
1: And they allowed him to speak. He's a cons- speak? conservative gay. He's a pink elephant.
0: I remember so vividly. With the anti-war movement in Berkeley, of all the college campuses, yes. look how fucking ironic this is with uh, Mario Salvo, is that his name? The, mm-hmm. who spoke out. In fact, they showed us a, a tribute on some steps that were named in his honor. And with what happened, at, like all these colleges did a 180, 180 degrees because they, they'd have to fire higher extra security, and we don't want to upset our students. And there you have the crux of what the message well, was. Well, the end
1: of the movie, they show Ben Shapiro going to speak there, and they, the security costs $600,000 for the security for Ben Shapiro. Right. And Ben Shapiro doesn't pose a threat. Right.
0: Yeah, And they also made the Republican student group pay for it. For well, I think security. that was a different school. Oh, that but, was a different school, wasn't but, it? Yeah.
1: But still, your point is made. I think it was the University of Washington, if I remember correctly. Right, right. But your your point is still well made, which is that we're spending $600,000 on security for this guy to come in and just talk about issues that you might not agree with. How about that? How about
0: that? When I'm sure you'll agree with this, when an important role of education, higher education is to agitate. And and so you're upset. And, and you're you displeased with what you're hearing. Isn't that what it's all about? Again, clarity, clarity is more important than, than agreement. It's so ironic with Berkeley. Look, the whole thing too, this was pointed out in the documentary with the McCarthy era and what went on in the Red Scare, but it was flipped. It was flipped with McCarthy being so conservative and we had the liberals who fought against it, the liberal Hollywood community right. to let them make movies and still be actors and let their voices be heard. It did a 180.
1: Well, that's it's, exactly it's, what it's, it's become it's, now.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you
1: are a conservative, absolutely. It's you, you, you. know, everyone outs you. Right. I, I, th- I have a theory about this, and I think it's something we might have talked about. I know you got something to say, but I want to. I want to ask this question. Uh, let me pose this theory to you. Do you think that the reason why so much of this is happening, especially on college campuses, is that there is this we've. We've talked a little bit about like Instagram culture and things like that. How Facebook, it used to be Facebook, it's a lot more Instagram now. It's a lot of I want to to be I I want to go to the most beautiful places and show what my life is like. And part of that is being at great concerts and great museums and doing all of these things that are uh, iconic through the the lens of time you know like if you look back and say oh I was there I was there for Woodstock like that kind of thing it's increased that more it's no longer just sit back and and talk with your family it's like no no, no you have to go to a certain place you have to do a certain thing and put a tag on it and and be part of that experience and couple that with a lot of People feeling like there needs to be some sort of something to get angry about, right? Like we don't have th- real problems in the United States. We really don't do it. So we it. have to generate, some. Yeah. yeah. We have to make them dire. Yeah, we what? have to make them That's like really everyone a... is going to die if we don't do this. Like, uh, you know, the, uh, global warming and you know, like the, the Green New Deal. And it's like this has to happen now, and it's really very narcissistic to think that. I am responsible for this. Absolutely, like I am the one that has to end racism. Right, and it's kind of like, look, well, you're not going to racism is going to be around. It's it's not going away, and the structural, i i, I parts of racism that are baked into America. They, they won't go away in one generation. They're not going to go away in 15 generations. They're going to be there. And we have to slowly, over time, got to pick them out. But f- like screaming about it is only baking it in more. You build resistance. You create otherness. You don't create the change you want.
0: So actually, there's, your premise is that there's more anger out there now. There's more anger being felt, but there's not much to justify no. it. Well,
1: okay. Vietnam. Right. Vietnam War. Right. I I think there's the same amount of anger. There's always been this anger with 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 hippies. It was focused on Vietnam and it was kind of let's focus it. Let's get out of Vietnam and let's put some pressure on these big fat cats in the White House. Da 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 da. Right. Same kind of energy. Just here's how it's focused Mm -hmm. in the you know in the 80s it was maybe focused on drugs you know in the 90s it was focused a lot on, on music and angst and like uh you know this anger and kind of getting it out and I think now it's it's focused on the political spectrum it's focused on you know Trump is a is an evil person of course he's not evil he's a human being and I, I'm sure if you sat down and you took a list of everything that trump stands for and took trump's name off of it, and showed it to a lot of these people, they would probably agree with some of the things that he's talking about. Right. Not everything. They certainly right. wouldn't with everything. Border security, I'm sure they wouldn't agree with that. But there are a lot of policies that I'd, I'll bet they would go, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. But no one would ever be willing to admit it. And it's it's like the whole political climate has just become defined by what isn't Trump. Right. Whatever Trump stands for right. is what what we are right. against. Right, right. And that really pushes them to be more radical. It that's what's propelling the whole radical liberalism is that everybody's becoming opposite Trump. They're saying, "Here's what he stands for," so we have to go the opposite direction, and it's pushing the whole Democratic Party so the other way. What's causing that? What's what's the, the, the desire cat- to, is, to be
0: in the middle? So, but social of, media. If, I think. Don't you think, social media, think the, social media is fueling it?
1: I think it's the social media is fueling the desire to be part of the middle of of. Something important. No one wants to live in a bland generation. No one wants to live in this generation that was just right. Not much happened. It's like well, then we didn't matter. We don't. We didn't really exist through the lens of time. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this heightened sensitivity that about feel having feel in college campuses now. Students are saying to their professor, "Trigger warning." That's what they say because they don't want to hear the lecture on the Holocaust of World War II. It will be upsetting to them, and they—they they, they, they should be upset. They, they, yes, it so, should be upset. It's good to be upset. Yeah. it's healthy to be upset. Well, and, and, and that—that's the whole thing with safe places, right? On the college campus, and again, where you can have uh, a counselor, the couch, the pillows, and I've been hearing stories that there's even some play doh and clay, and you can express your inner stuff. <sighs> Uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the, the lunatics are running so, the asylum going mode, quite to, literally
1: in Evergreen State. I mean, it, these guys, it's, right, that was insane. Right.
0: right. Um, I, I, you know, when I, I did, as you know, I taught speech for many, many years. and I would have we talk about where to draw the line with freedom of expression. And I'd have these essay questions as a midterm. And the students would have to write about uh, at our campus here at this college. Does a student have the right to go into the quad and give a speech? Hitler was right. And that's a question I would pose my students. And they surprisingly uh, surprising. It's probably not surprising. Most of my students felt, no, no. If I was the president of the college, I wouldn't let that speech be heard. I'd, How about that? Yeah, you should absolutely have, absolutely. have the right to say Another it. Another one. And, and this was at Glendale College, which is largely Armenian students. I said, should I have the right to go up there on a soapbox with a microphone or megaphone in hand and say, Armenians, go home. We don't want you here.
1: Or that the you know the Armenian genocide didn't happen.
0: Right, 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 right. Should that person have that right to give that speech? And almost all the students would say, "No, no, of course not." And I think I was one of the few people in the room would say, "But isn't that healthy to have agitation of uh, your feelings are hurt? Your feelings are hurt." I still remember vividly that there was also a role playing exercise. It was a lesbian wedding. Two students got married. They had the whole thing with the ceremony yeah. going down the aisle, and this was a, a staged role-playing activity and a lot of my students were upset to see that now this is quite a few years ago this is quite a few years ago but here too is it healthy that you i remember that you do remember that don't you to have uh, to agitate to shake things up clarity is more important than agreement yeah for sure yeah yeah now there's one issue and this is a personal response i have because we are on the same we're on the same area here and how our perceptive how we feel about the message of the documentary But the area where I pull back is this. Colleges, all colleges have their mission statement. And at the top of almost every college mission statement, it's not to educate. It's it's the well-being of our student body. And if indeed this message of a speech could be incendiary, incendiary. Incendiary. Yeah, that's the word. And it could lead to violence. Is that an argument to be cautious and not allow all these
1: ideas to be heard? Boom. I think you're I know what you're saying but I think you have to consider their ultimate well-being and their ultimate that's well-being a great answer. that's a great answer is you are doing them a disservice yeah. by not allowing them to experience the other side there you go and you you are saying that their temporary well-being of their physical safety which they are bringing upon themselves might jeopardize their ultimate quest for knowledge and that's the the ultimate i mean well-being right that this balance and this understanding of the other side this ability to compromise they say it in the documentary and i think they're right intellectual which, well-being that's yes what you're yeah go ahead in the documentary they talk about how there has never been a bigger collection of different types of people than the United States. And they're absolutely right. I mean, especially the fact that we live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is just filled with all different types of cultures and and backgrounds and uh, the look of different people who have all sorts of different views. Um, And this is the safe space. The safe space is that's to the say last what you line want. The, yeah.
0: That's the last line. America
1: is ultimately the safe space. Right. Right. And... I think to not prepare someone for that and to not encourage compromise and to not encourage listening to other people that hurts them and I think ultimately you'll get a broken bone maybe somebody maybe something tragic happens maybe somebody dies but the quest our our human quest and this country's quest and I hate to get nationalistic about it but uh, the whole quest for that kind of peace has to be done through compromise. It has to be done through understanding and hearing out one another. And if we if we repudiate the ideas of like Nazism and things like that, if, they, if they're so repugnant that we don't like them, we have to understand their arguments. We can't do like what they're doing in Germany where they don't allow you right, to right. to discuss... And then no one ever discusses these ideas right. and they just, it's not like they don't happen. That's a, that's an awful policy. You should be able to discuss whatever you want Absolutely. in public. Absolutely, That's what yeah. this country's founded on. And I really like that they point out that there are a lot of differences still between America and other countries. How about that? And, I found
0: that refreshing,
1: that yes. segment
0: where they, they showed us the world and other countries and what goes on and how other people are treated, mistreated for speaking out and how they feel.
1: And don't get me wrong. I think that people have the right to protest Ben Shapiro. People have the right to protest Milo Yiannopoulos. They have a right to protest on Colta. They have a right to protest Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Right, right. But you don't have the right to shut them right down. right be
0: heard. Right. We, no muzzles. Nobody should
1: be muzzled. And, and that gets... Gagged. Yeah. Gagged. and And I think they do touch on... They did touch on a little bit what you were talking about, how... Facebook and YouTube were shutting down a lot of these, um, and that was outside the, the university scope, but they're shutting down a lot of organizations that they disagree with. You know PragerU is is being put up as restricted one of the best moments in the movie is when Dennis Prager is testifying in front of Congress and says uh, you know they say yeah th- we've restricted one of the videos from PragerU uh, about the Ten Commandments and they're like well what is so bad about the Ten Commandments and they say well it references murder and uh, the Holocaust and so this Prager says I'll just re-release it as the Nine Commandments how about that will that make everybody happy?
0: You laughed. I was sitting next to you, right? You laughed out loud. That's great. You laughed out loud at that. It's such a great I I
1: concept know. of like, shall we just go back and just re-edit, like you know, the, one of the most famous works of of literature ever, uh, the the Bible. Should we just right. cut that up right. and just, right. ah, we don't like this murder stuff? We're going to edit that. Right. What are you talking about? It's insane. Anyway. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I want
0: to just briefly. Ma- I talk about this for every documentary that there is. <laughs> a lack of objectivity and there was there was yeah. a clear message and the, was it you or was it a previous guest who said, hey, you want objectivity in a documentary? Uh, put a camera and watch a flower grow. There's your documentary.
1: Uh, I'm not sure who said that. I think that, it was Kathy Wexler. Actually, it might have been. Guest.
0: Yes, she said that. that do- and I was taught in the 60s I re- that with journalism, investigate that they have to show both sides and be, quote, objective. And even documentaries, and that changed with the new wave of journalism yeah. where you have a point of view. You have a perspective. And this did that where there really was not the other side. It wasn't presented at all. Is that a criticism of the film?
1: Well I, It's a I, criticism. I I disagree with it. I think it I, I yeah. You know. I think this is supposed to be persuasive right. filmmaking. Right. It is meant to persuade and when you are persuading, you do not have a responsibility to show the well, other Well, you side. can.
0: It's the straw man argument. If you make it look weak, so you can knock it down. Well... And you can quote the sure, objective, but I don't think right. you have a
1: responsibility right, to do right, that. Right. I think if you're informing people, if your goal is to inform, which very few movies truly just inform, but if your goal is to inform, then I think you have more of a responsibility to show both the pros and the cons of what you're doing, but... Yeah, I I can't think of any movies that are just informing. Almost always they're persuading on some level. And of course, as we know from our background in speech, you can never get rid of the other, right? You cannot persuade without informing, and you cannot inform without persuading. That's right. They're profoundly connected. Uh, The lack of objectivity
0: didn't bother me at all in this. But I still remember in that classroom again, that speech years ago, when I said, should I have the right to speak and say, um, um, Hitler was right. He should have killed all of you. And this one older student middle-aged woman said no it's important we be nice to each other and that was what she said And it got real quiet in the room it was a powerful poignant moment I disagreed with her but I wanted to soak in and let the students hear that she was so soft-spoken why can't we just be nice to each other
1: because that's not nice to the person who has that viewpoint and you are you are deciding what is nice and what is not nice right right what is nice speak? right and your values are not everyone else's values where do we draw that line do we draw the line at like um you know don't eat mcdonald's well i find that offensive i like mcdonald's you know and and where do we where do we draw this line yeah yeah and it's because any line you draw is arbitrary any line of what you can or can't say is arbitrary. The only real, true, fair solution is no line at all. And I do think Jordan Peterson makes a, a point, which is that okay, you can't you can't create violence through your speech, right? You can't try to create a riot. Uh, but that has more to do with intent than words, mm-hmm. right? If I'm if I say to you, "Hey, there's a fire in this movie theater," you'll know that I'm joking. But if I'm, "All right, there's a fire. Let's go. Let's go." the The same words could be spoken, but there's obviously different intent behind them, right? If I right. say, Ira, I'm going to kill you. That's different than, you better watch your ass, Ira. Right. I'm going right. to kill you. Right. I mean, there's a difference right. there. One's a threat and the other's a joke. No, I'm telling you, Ira, watch your ass. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Trigger warnings.
0: The kids are yelling it out at the professor if they're going to be the, upset. The problem trigger with warning, that, the problem with that is that, that
1: it, it's allowing them to feel I know. triggered. Yes. That's yes. the real problem. Yes. And it's like... Yeah. And then the are victims. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. now you're victimizing yeah. yourself. Yeah.
0: How about that? How about that?
1: And what should be happening is not, okay, you can excuse yourself from this. It should be, no, sit here and listen to this and engage me and, and listen to my ideas. And even if I win this quote-unquote argument that we're having, go back, get prepared for the next time and come back and say, hey, I want to talk to you about that again because I was thinking about this and I want to boom and then get into your line of what you want to say. Ah, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. we're making excuses for why people aren't succeeding that's it yep victim victim mentality and, and all it is i mean anybody even ties people that, with
0: entitlement yes it's all part and people that listen
1: to this show it'd be very easy to say well of course these two white guys are sitting in a room and they're the ones talking about it and they're not hearing a voice from a minority but again that doesn't matter that none of that matters. It matters human to human. It's two it, we're not males right now, we're not white, we're not Jewish, we're not any any of that stuff. We are just two humans sitting in a room discussing this idea. That's all it needs to be. Anything else you we start what did Kierkegaard say? You label me, you negate me. You you are missing who I am as right. soon as you start la- putting these labels on me. That's right. That's right. We have more in common just because we are human beings. Period. What were you going to say? There's
0: one other beat. This is actually, I am jumping ahead slightly to a money shot. It was in the beginning of the film where we see Adam Kroll as a little boy, portrayed as a little boy, and he's riding his bike. This scene really resonated with me. Uh, He was riding without a helmet, and we saw him fall off the bike, and his shins were bleeding. And he said because of that experience, he learned how to fall where he wouldn't hurt himself, and eventually he learned how not to fall. Yeah that resonated with me Yeah, that it's okay to get hurt it's a metaphor right it's a beautiful glorious metaphor it's okay to get hurt you'll brush yourself off and you'll do it better next that's all part of the growth process which also ties into one other thing we spoke about this too Robert we had a we had a, you and I shared a common student Carlos who was blind and we had him involved with an award ceremony on stage and you said something to me recently and you said you know what we, we had fun with him and we had him involved in the skit at the trophy ceremony and you said, because we're treating him like he's not blind.
2: That's what
1: you said. Well, it's not and that, that we, we're treating him like a friend. A person. Yeah, like a person. Like a person. I don't think we were not, treating him like he wasn't blind because that's ignoring what he is. He is blind. But we're treating blind. him but not like a victim. Right.
0: That's it. Yeah. We're treating him not like he's a victim. Because yeah. that's, yeah. that's it's disrespectful. All, that's right. That's right. That's more disrespectful if, and more damaging I mean, and more damaging. I
1: have black friends and I you will do? often ask, well, one, okay, but I'll ask them about like, uh, you know, their experiences of being black because they're black. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't ask my white friends what it's like to be white because I'm white. I know their experiences. I don't, I don't understand the experiences of being black. I'm not going to just never mention it. It's something that I don't have and I don't know. And, you know, I, I ask my wife uh, questions about being female, you know, like I don't have those experiences anymore. You
2: know
1: Huh? What what you huh? what? Huh?
0: <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. It, the the film again was slightly disjointed, a little bit too long.
1: Yeah, I'll and, agree with that.
0: And um
1: but, Although I liked it. I liked the documentary a lot. And I would actually recommend this to people who absolutely. I think would be open to those ideas. It,
0: to those who'd be open to the ideas and therein lies the rub. Right. It's preaching to the choir. Yeah. And that's why, my friend, it's got a 47% on Rotten Tomato. 40, um, rotten by to, whom? 47. By, who? by, by, by the cr-
1: critics. Critics. By the critics Let's look who at the are audience score
0: Hollywood, the o- audience analysis would be different. right? right, uh, right. Audience, I think, is, yeah. is close to yes. 100%. Yeah. Is, is that right? I think Probably I'll, is. Yes. I'll look it up. So the critics gave it a 47% because, unfortunately, the people who go to see this documentary are pretty much going to be on board with the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's preaching to the choir.
1: Um, did you notice, what? speaking of which, yes. Did you notice the audience? Okay, so yeah, no safe spaces on Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 45%. There you go. Audience, 99%. Love it.
0: I fucking how about that? Yeah. That is so telling. Yeah. You're about to say something
1: else about the audience. The audience was they applauded. largely yep. composed of Love. Armenian women. <laughs> it was kind of weird. I I definitely felt. I felt moments in in watching the movie. It's the closest I've ever felt to being at a Trump rally. <laughs> I mean, there was definitely a vibe of everybody in the room that w- that I knew these are all conservatives. There's hardly any. Yeah. Again, I, I yeah. keep saying conservatives. These are all people who will vote for Trump. That's kind of what I was feeling, or at least, man, I don't even know if that's true though. <sighs> I let's, felt like these are people let's that... Let's just say not liberal. Why do you just... Well, but I think they are... Like they're that. not left. Well, they're not... They're, they're not there left. You go, there you go. They they're are liberal. They
0: they were older. There's largely white and older...
1: But they That's weren't true. left, right? These are definitely yeah. people that were not left-leaning. Yeah. yeah, And you could hear people... There was a guy... Oh, okay. There was a, a quick shot of a uh, a video I'd seen before of a guy who was like protesting the conservative club on... I think it was Berkeley's campus. And, and there was a... a a, a guy who comes up and punches him in the face and it was shot on some, I think it was posted on Instagram or something like that. Do you remember this moment of, there was like another student yes. that saw him and he yes, just punches yes, yes, him in the yes. face. And there was somebody in the back of the auditorium that went, asshole. And you could hear them say that. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, yeah, this they're, they're, is, everyone in this room is on that vibe right there's now. There's a visceral reaction. Yeah, And you could hear everyone, every few Minutes kind of going, yeah, yep, yeah yep, and there was yep. like smatterings of applause. Of yes, there was. Not just trying at the end, but yeah, throughout just, the film, yeah, good mm-hmm. point. Right, right, exactly. That's, that's right. how I feel. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, I think if that's in Los Angeles, and this this showing was, it I don't know, it wasn't sold out, but it was really packed mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, one of the most liberal, I mean, leftist-leaning cities in the country. I think Trump's getting reelected. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't see anybody in the Democratic field that's going to stop him or stop that.
0: That's really interesting what you're saying that this was in 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 California, which is a, a democratic state yeah. and quite liberal or left and that the reaction it got from this theater in I could only imagine Angeles. if you played what this What would it be like if it played in in in, in where? Tennessee, or, in Tennessee Mississippi or Mississippi or something. Yeah this movie will create a riot not joker not joker <laughs>
1: but it's this damn
0: documentary
1: <laughs> well i wouldn't be surprised i mean i know, well, no kidding there were moments in this in, in the movie when i was watching it in the theater thinking it could be incendiary could be i spark. wouldn't be surprised if somebody threw a bomb in here or something
0: yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny
1: antifa or somebody doing that i can see that happening yeah, yeah. i mean in this day and age sure Did you like it? Yeah, I did.
0: Hmm. In spite of what we said, yeah. Uh, would you recommend shoppy. it to people? Yeah, absolutely. I would. I'd recommend it to all people. My uh, uh, liberal and conservative, my left and right friends. Anybody should see it. Sorry? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still back on Rotten Tomatoes on the two scores. <laughs> I can't let go of that, Robert. The critic scores versus the audience scores. Well, it's so talent. At the concert, uh, that speaks volumes. I think that is a metaphor for all that's fucked up with our society. And, and it is. Really,
1: the truth of the matter is that the movie lies somewhere in between. Right? It's it's not a 99% documentary. There were some no. problems with yeah. it as a documentary. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's not 45%. It's not that low. And I I understand that's not how the scores are aggregated. It's, it's a matter of how many critics give it a good score. Like 45% of the critics give it a good score. Uh, And and what, 55% give it a a bad score. But still, I think the fact that it's 99% on Rotten Tomatoes with the audience is a testament to how thirsty people are for that message. They want to hear this thing that they've been trying to express. Yes. And it comes almost loaded with a bunch of arguments of like, when you get in this discussion with your friend... Here's something that you can say. And right. it's kind of, it speaks in sound bites in a way that I think you can take away right in time for Thanksgiving when you have that big Thanksgiving fight with your family <laughs> over the turkey. You got something to talk about. So I, I think people were, are thirsty for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I bet the fact that it has Adam Carolla is also helping with box office and, uh, and sure, I, the, high, yes, the high numbers. And Prager. audience. I think Prager more, too. Well, he's an older, he appeals more to older. Yeah, who,
1: who do you think is going to see this? Old I mean, people. yeah, people. this is an older people yeah. thing. Yeah. And I think Corolla's fan base is definitely younger than Prager's, right. but I don't know that these are young whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is not uh, the, the same people that are depicted in the film of these, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old students that are in some very far left leaning college. That's not what's going on with Corolla's audience. Yeah. It's True. it's people that are my age, it's people that are in the 30s, or 40s, 50s. Somewhere in that age bracket, you know, somebody who's tech, technologically, technologically savvy enough to download a podcast, but still has these conservative right f- feelings. Right, Again, I keep saying conservative. I don't think they're conservative. A difference. Like, you get your, what I mean?
0: Yeah, of course. By the way, I have a crush on Ann Coulter. Do you really? Don't you?
1: No. Oh, she's she looks like of, a skeleton.
0: She's man. skanky. She's skanky. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I've enjoyed her. Even with that, what was it? She was on the plane. Did she like have to disguise herself at the airport? That's what she, said, she had to yeah. be low key about it and didn't yeah. want to be too overt about who she was because she would create agitation and displeasure among people.
1: I don't know how much I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been her own. I mean, look, public uh, Ben Shapiro was again. able to do it yeah, with true. a camera yeah. and he was fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Do you know much about Ben Shapiro?
0: No, not as much as you do.
1: I think you would really enjoy him. He is someone, you know. I, I was listening. I actually, it was on the Adam Carolla podcast recently. They were talking about Ben Shapiro and and you know this movie coming out, and they made a good they made a good point about it. And I think it was I think Carolla was talking to Donald Trump Jr. and he was interviewing him recently. It was a great interview, by the way. I think it was in that episode where he was saying that if you you know a lot a lot of people like Ben Shapiro he will sometimes criticize Trump i think it was i think it was Scott Abbs anyway he he will sometimes criticize Trump and that's what makes him more believable the fact that he's not always on this same team so to speak he sees it like he sees it he he calls it like he sees it and i think that's a really important element for people to do and i think there's a big group a a swath of society that doesn't do that
0: and i i want to jump on this and say bill maher bill maher who's
1: on the other extreme
0: and much more of course liberal um and uh left wing what i enjoy about bill maher and his show is that he's quite in some specific areas he's quite conservative right he's questioning um uh, health free health care for all right he's saying who's gonna fucking afford that yeah and uh, he's made it very clear about immigration, and that we need reform there too. So he's got conservative, uh, more right. He makes he looks at things in a broad picture and is not right down the line. Exactly he's not right down the line. And, and anybody I, I that is, that. anyone who is, is frightening to me.
1: Right, I would
0: trust anyone them. who is. They're frightening. Lying. to me. They're lying. Yeah, but that's something I really admire about Bill Maher.
1: I mean, even Trump doesn't do that, right? Trump doesn't even align himself with all of the Republican viewpoints. And right. that got him in some hot water where he pulls troops out of Syria. How about that? And and that's kind of a testament to yeah. the fact that he's trying to do what he sees as fit. Right. You may not agree with that. Right. And maybe you really don't agree with that. Okay, vote for the other person. That's yeah. how this country works. Yeah. And, you know... Most of the decisions that are being made anyway are not Trump's to make. It's Congress's that's to true. make. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I mean, we just want a scapegoat. It's everyone wants to blame, blame this. Blame.
0: Guy. Point a finger. Blame. Right. We need that. There's yeah. a psychological need
1: to do that. Wrap it up. Tidy. Neat. Blame. Yeah. It's true. And realistically, even more than Congress, your life is really being affected by your mayor and and possibly your governor. You're right. I mean, that's. And, your, your local loc- city local council, level. Local level. that's what's impacting your right. life. That's, that's right. what's impacting the traffic here in Los Angeles, yep. the homelessness, yep. the things that are actually making an impact on my day-to-day yes. life. It's yeah. not Trump. It's not even Congress. It's the mayor. Garcetti yeah. and his policies yeah. and the city council. It's your city council, the government. Yeah. Yeah. On the governmental level, that's what's making an impact you know it's it's the same if, if you work in a big business you're not upset with a ceo you're upset with the management that's right above, right above you. you
0: right above you it's your boss your yeah. immediate boss your immediate boss yep. and you're like
1: this guy's a fucking yep. idiot yeah it's not the company i mean it might be but rarely is it it's right. usually like no my boss is a fucking idiot and yep. he needs to manage this way instead of that way right and that's why you would leave a job even like in the school
0: i remember there was an issue and a student would say, i hate this fucking school and actually, the issue is with your teacher. It's right. It's your immediate boss. It's not reflective of the whole institution right. of the school. It's just that you have an issue with the instructor of the class.
1: Yeah, because usually when you find those kinds of people that say that, if you pull them aside and said, is there a teacher that you like? Well, yeah, Mr. Francisco right. is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. only see him for one period. But it's so
0: easy to vent. I hate this fucking school. Right. It's not the school. It's this one teacher. You I would say, with. too, if you hate the fucking school,
1: maybe you're the problem. Yeah. True. Maybe it's if true. you hate all these teachers, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe it's you. You're the one constant. Ah, physician heal thyself. Exactly. Yeah. Look, I'm starting to get on a rant oh, okay. about all this stuff. All right, but money shots. Well, I already told you I yep. think my big we money shot one. was uh was the teaching assistant who recorded uh that was so the telling. interview. Yeah. And it yeah. it it literally made the entire audience erupt with laughter because it was inane. Yes, what are you talking about? It was condescending. About? Yes. It was condescending. It was inane and condescending. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It's both. Uh and then I think the scene at the end with Prager mm. walking out on stage and conducting the symphony, and that was a really nice And he got choked up, he moment. swallowed. Yeah.
0: You really you really felt it. That was definitely yeah, my swallowed. money shot too. <laughs> Watching him conduct in his passion of classical music and thought, wow, classical piece, nice way to end this film. And uh, and the other two is just something about seeing a young Adam Corolla on his bike, and I, I like yeah. the message though. Yeah, that it hurt, it hurt a lot, but I kept doing it. Yeah, until I stopped falling so much. It, it's okay to feel hurt.
1: What did you think about Adam Corolla's story? The before that, he came downstairs and said, "Mom, why don't you just get a job?" Ah. And mom well, says, I'll lose my welfare yeah, I know, if I get a I job. Know. What I, did you think I about feel that?
0: that? I feel I knew it was going in that direction. The yeah. mother would utter those words. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I could feel it resonated with people in the theater too. That uh, does these does does it do any real good or is it just adding to the problem? And also all this welfare and government subsidized programs we can make the argument that it's 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 sending the wrong message yeah it's sending the wrong message and ultimately it won't really do any permanent good Mm. what did what did you
1: think i I think it's i mean it's an absolute truism i i worked in the film industry for a long time uh in a better part of a decade when i first moved out to los angeles and i was unemployed and i really should have been taking unemployment and I, I never took it. I never took unemployment, and I probably should have, uh, but I didn't because I felt like it's wrong. It's wrong to do that. It's wrong to take government money, and for doing what? For not getting a job? That just seems immoral. And now I look back, and I'm going. I'm proud I never took yeah, that. Yeah. And it would have been just free money. And everybody kept saying, you know, all these other people because I worked in, in music videos and commercials, and there would be people that would say. It's your money. You're paying into it. And I'm going, but it's not my money. It's the government's money. And you think of it as your money, but no, it's not right. It's not fair. You got scruples. Look, I, you do. I'm not being funny. When it comes to You're that. have quite a yeah. moral
0: background. B- I mean backbone. I was
1: I was broke. Right. I mean, right. to the to the point where I was eating I, I would eat gas station sandwiches because my mom would she had a gave me a gas card that I could use and I would occasionally eat that. And I would go you know, I, my big meal for the day would be going down to Del Taco on their Wednesday, buy three tacos for a dollar and just like pigging out on two bucks, you know, drinking water because I couldn't afford to get a Coke. Wow. Like I was that broke, like really broke. And that's, I, that was the kind of time when unemployment really should have been for me. But I just wasn't getting a job. I should have, I should have worked harder to get a job. That's hmm. really what I should have done. And it did, eventually and you did. did. And you did. Yeah, Right. I found my way out. I survived. I was okay. Slipped on a floor for a while, but I was all right. And you're better off for it. Sorry to go on such a rant on, on all these things, uh-huh. but let's talk about, is it anti-wave? Is it anti-wave? All right, who's going to go first? This is anti-wave. Uh, yeah, thank? Yeah, thank? Yeah. Number
0: one, we got a documentary on our hands. Right. Okay, by definition. And of course, point number two is that the the perspective, the point of view, yeah. is pretty contrary to Hollywood Films making extremely <laughs> yeah. it's almost saying hey everything know. hollywood
1: stands for we yeah. stand for something opposite absolutely absolutely there's so no structure right it to it which i think is a problem here
0: yeah could have used that structure yeah so it wouldn't um, it wouldn't Yeah, it's
1: disjointed yeah it was disjointed in that way but still a good documentary i mean it, mm-hmm. i found it enjoyable for what it was um how is it not? Can no, it mean? is.
0: Those are a. It's a documentary. B. Because of its perspective, obviously. With uh, so, it's it's hundred eighty degrees in the face of the Hollywood community. And do we dare give disappear- this a perfect ten? I, I, I'm tempted to do it. I came up with a nine point one driving over here. Uh, I'm. I, do you th- I. Are you tempted to go up higher than that?
1: I can't think of a reason why not. Why it to, wouldn't though.
0: be. Why wouldn't it be? Let's just think for a second. Usually, we're good at coming up with arguments on each side. Yeah. Um, I. I can't but there's silence right that. now. <laughs> we hear a little bit of baby crying in the background. Yeah. Uh, are you tempted to go for ten? Should we go over to ten on this one? We've only we done it once had before. A 10 before, and that was another.
1: That was the you know, amazing Jonathan. Documentary. That's right. That's that was right. another documentary. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, um, um. Um. The fact it's Adam Carolla and he happens here. You go. I'm. I'm trying okay. here. You know where I'm going. And he has the. It's. Uh, it, it's the highest rated podcast. On Most the downloaded podcast. Po- yeah. More people listen to him than any other podcaster. Right. Which suggests establishment. Okay, there's an establishment in a there. podcast.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm I don't think we're getting here. there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think you're going to ten. You're doing ten. I think I got you. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there was something we had another high ranking one recently. Was it The Irishman or something? No, that was it was recent. the one
0: before that. We're also at
1: almost. To 10. It was like a nine point six yes. or something yes. high like yes. that. But. We didn't have yeah, a good Irishman. reason to, to knock it down. Yeah. But I think with this one, we've got ten. to say... I'm going to ten. say 10. We're saying 10. Yeah. As far as it being a good movie, it is a good movie. Um, I felt like it was a, a lot of really great YouTube videos all strung together. Like, each one of these could have... The whole movie could have been chopped into, like five to 15 minute sections and put up on youtube and been fantastic little youtube vignettes and it just got to put them together with a lot of the animation you know sequences right. in between right which is again similar to some michael moore uh, tactics and things like that
0: and i wanted to see other things too again like sarah silverman when she did do the blackface so many years ago tony downs not tony uh, what's his name he was married to mary Springer. dawson yeah yeah. yeah, and
1: you know, uh, uh, what's his name? T- what's it Ted with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah,
0: yeah, they, they Ted were, Danson. They Ted Right. Danson, that's right. A, I, want, that's awesome. I was. I thought there'd be more of that also, mm. and the backlash because of what people did 12 years ago, right. and it's haunting them now, and they're losing work because of it. But that wasn't the focus of the film. I'm giving it a 10 on the anti-wave scale. Okay. Who died this Ooh, week? You're saying it's time for? Got to tell you, unfortunately, must the following people did and turned to dust. Well, yep. this is a coroner's corner following people jack conroy was an irish cinematographer he shot my left foot how about that what he was the d are you okay no (laughs) the film oh titled My left foot. We lost a Virginia Leith, L-E-I-T-H. Now, I got to tell you. Bring that
1: paper up to your mouth.
0: Yes. uh, Yeah. There you go. 94-year-old American actress. She was in Fear and Desire, which was an early Kubrick movie. Oh. How about that? Yeah. But I saw her not too long ago in this bad black and white sci-fi movie called The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Robert. I remember this. It's just her head. Yeah. It's just her head. You know how I saw it? How did you see this?
1: Mystery Science Theater 3000.
0: Boy, those the robots had a blast with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her. Yeah, that was her. So she's ninety-four and she she died. Well, her brain didn't die, but she died. <laughs> there you go. Her okay. brain lives we, on. We made that work. Uh, we also lost Laurel Griggs, 19, thirteen years old. American actress she was in Woody Allen's Cafe Society what? And oh she, that's right do you know who that asthma is Asthma Attack yeah you know about that yes How, did you hear about that I heard about this Yeah. she was also on a few um, on Saturday Night Lives they used her in some of the skits too in huh. SNL I was reading about her and she was in the play uh, on, the once but from Cafe Society 13 years old Lawrence G. Paul, 81-year-old American film production designer. This guy did Blade Runner. He did Back to the Future. He did City Slickers. Oh, man. How about that? So another great that we lost.
1: Blade D- Runner's production design is yes. incredible. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Incredible. I I, I'm I sure know. he won an yes. Oscar, right? I, I Well, didn't say he won an Oscar. I'd be surprised. So I, I'm know. sure he's
1: nominated at least. Yes, yes. Got to be.
0: Uh, Niall uh, Tyobin, eighty-nine-year-old uh, Irish comedian actor, he was in Ryan's daughter. Do you remember that? Oh film? yeah, Late I was in 60. Ryan's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mr. Ryan, far, Woo, far his daughter away. was. He did hot. Far and away, and so he was mostly a comedian, but he was also an actor. Here's a big one. Here's a really big one. Eighty-seven-year-old Bronco Lustig, Croatia, co- <laughs> yeah, Croatian. Huge, Ira. Huge. Cro- yeah. <laughs> Croatian film producer, Schindler's List gladiator he he produced oh, wow. uh, uh, the holo- he did peacemaker he, he produced the movie. holocaust <laughs> he produced, but he's in the holocaust and i want to say that he was um he won two oscars and he was the uh, i was in the Croatian holocaust film Yeah, film, I was uh, uh, film producer best known for winning two academy awards like we said schindler's gladiator he's the only person bored in that territory of present-day croatia to have won two count them two oscars and
1: he's a holocaust survivor how about that wow
0: how about that they That's don't incredible. make them like that anymore 87 year olds you know what i'm glad they don't Can't make them, make like, them that. like that anymore <laughs> hey uh the silver spotlight award corner's yep. corner kirk douglas finally happened he kicked the bucket kirk douglas he's dead get out he's dead he did a lot of movies i liked his chin a lot great rese- I liked his chin. he had a great chin a cool hair i liked his receding hairline and he was a jew he's
1: dead wow well one less jew <laughs> i'm sure mel gibson is happy <laughs> Hey, man, you want to play a game? Game time. We're doing one, huh? Real or unreal. Oh, I like this game. Ira. Yes, we've been doing better. Producer Joey. Yes. Has created some films or looked up some films. Mm-hmm. And we need to decide whether this movie is real or unreal. Okay. Yeah. Unreal. okay. All right.
0: So, okay, let's see how they're
1: related. First up, also to- Shut Up and Sing. A documentary on the Dixie Chicks in the wake of their anti-George W. Bush statement, at a concert.
0: This is good.
1: Shut up and sing. By the sing. way,
0: we see the similarities. I think they're all going to be documentaries. I think so. I have a feeling. Yeah. I can see this as a documentary mm. with what happened with um, George Bush and the Dixie Chick. Shut Up and Sing is an interesting title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning towards real. What do you think?
1: I think it's real. If not, that's a really good It point. really is. Really, really is. Really is.
0: Um, I'm, we're both going to say we're gonna real. We're going to say real. Producer is it, Joey?
1: Is it real or unreal? It is yeah! real. Yeah, we got... All right. We got to nail this
2: wife of yours. Wait.
1: Oh, sorry. What? No, nothing. Excuse All me. Right. Sorry. Next up. No. Oops. A technician was fixing the sound booth at a local radio station, and the DJ decided to broadcast his unique viewpoints. The resulting upheaval caused a ripple that spread across the country. Oops. Really I think, I like I I think this you're sounds gonna, are you so say, unreal. You're it's say gotta real. be real.
0: Oops. So this uh, what he said things on a live mic is what we're saying. The technician it was fixing
1: effect. the sound booth at a local radio station, and the DJ decided to broadcast his unique viewpoints. The resulting upheaval caused a ripple that spread across the country. But we didn't hear about that ripple I, This doesn't say documentary
0: Is that what you're saying? I thought we were doing all documentaries no. Not necessarily This no. is a narrative film That's uh, what it sounds like Robert we're going to disagree right. I'm going to say un- you're Unreal? Saying re- you're saying real I'm going to go real Just uh, because it sounds it, so I like unreal it going I think it's got like to it say- be real
1: I'm going to say unreal Alright all right, so Let's go Is this movie Real or unreal? And it is Unreal. Oh, no. Ira. Yeah. Perfect I'm two score for, on this two thing. For, two All right. Okay. Next up. Yeah. Forbidden worry. Voices. Female bloggers are suppressed, prohibited, and censored in their home countries, but using the power of their blogs, they're challenging their governments. Forbidden Voices. It's probably a documentary. I think so. I think so. Nah, that sounds real. It sounds real? That sounds are so you real. saying real? It sounds like a documentary. Sounds real to me.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll jump on board and agree with your
1: real. All right. We're both saying real. Is it real or unreal? It is real.
0: Still, hey, I'm three and oh.
1: Wow. You're two out of three. I, I got to get in here. Maybe yeah, I might have to okay. disagree we're doing with It's right. But we're beating your wife. That's that, the important yeah. thing. Oh, it's always good to beat my wife. Yeah. Beat her. Yeah. Sorry, What?
0: Is there what? Look at the look she's giving you. Hear me roar. This is Helen Reddy. <laughs> it's a documentary about Helen Reddy. I no, I'm no, just saying. Hear me roar. <sighs> hear me roar.
1: A teenager has a wonderful voice and is content singing in the local school choir. Uh, I'm sorry. In the, in the local choir. I can't read. This is written correctly. I just am saying it wrong. Let me try it again. A teenager has a wonderful voice and is content singing in the school choir. A local freedom development is threatening her home, and she finds the whole a whole new reason to sing. That was all written correctly. I just was stumbling over my words. Hear me roar! This is a good one. Um, I think I think we're both going to say un. I'm going to say real. You're saying real. I'm going to say real. That sounds real to me. You're going to say unreal. Let's let's split on this one. Right. I'm going I'm to go gonna say un- real. I said right. unreal. Is it real or unreal? It is unreal. Am I foreign? I oh, you're unreal. I'm back. I'm back. All right. Well, you've already won. Yeah. But we got to yeah. do one more. Okay, one more. One more. This are. is the fifth one. Let's go. The free speech apocalypse: a documentary profiling a pastor doing lectures on traditional marriage, and f- a documentary profiling a pastor doing lectures, doing lectures on traditional marriage, and the resulting protests against his hate speech. There we go. That's it. The free Wait. speech apocalypse. What do you think? You go first a documentary profiling a pastor doing lectures on traditional marriage and the resulting protest against his hate speech. Uh, come on, let's go un. Come on, you're I leading You're leading I, I, towards it's un. It's kind of unreal.
0: Yeah, come yeah. on, let's do it. All right, un. We're unreal. going un. Unreal. It is real. It's real. Uh, wait a minute, you broke my winning streak. That last one doesn't count, right? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> count. I don't remember the last one. Let's do some top five. Ah, top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to
1: our top five. Okay, our top five this week is top fours. (laughs) (laughs) That's not confusing. Will you pitch
0: this? When you pitch
1: this, okay, well, season
0: four. So yeah, I, I know we're in season four, episode one fifty one. Congrats to us. Thank you. And um, congrats and, to you. Uh, to both of us. Yeah, well, I said us, so uh, I mean, that's yeah. implied that uh, fours in movies or or four in some, yeah. And again, so there's got to be a four. a four. Well, it doesn't have to have the word four. No, there's got to be a four. There's got to be a four. Yeah. And it could, where's and the not, four? But could it be F O R? I just said where's the four. Well, you're right. It's not necessarily F O U R. It's just four. Four.
1: My number five is from 1986.
0: Are we going to overlap?
1: Nah, maybe. Maybe. Nah, I doubt it. From 1986, a movie about four boys who go try to see a dead body stand oh, by me. that's
0: good. That's good. Yeah. And it is the four boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Thanks.
1: That's sad. I just like that movie.
0: Yeah. Nice. Okay. My my <laughs> My number five, four movies? Yeah. I've been waiting all week to do this. Okay. The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three, four.
1: Uh, That's not what it's called. It's one, two, three, five. (laughs) The 40-Year-Old Virgin.
0: It's got a four. Come on, come on, come on. You're going to give me that one? You're going to give me that one? I like that film. I like that. Let it slide, okay? And Judd Apatow, director. Steve Carroll. Carell,
1: Carell, Steve Carell, Car- yeah yeah Carol.
0: as you know I'm not particularly fond of him as an actor yeah. I mean, he was great he was perfect in this neither movie, is producer
1: me. Joey she doesn't really like him that so much we
0: agree on that I know especially after that that's kind that of doll I like him a movie. lot even that mate mate one remember the dolls yeah I hate that. No, no. anyway M-
1: welcome to Marwen yeah that's what you're thinking
0: ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: I'm that's, sorry how was that ooh, ooh, ooh. that's my number five my number four movie. It's from 1983 where four family members drive across the country to go on vacation to Wally World. Now, I think uh, I I was a little split here because I almost did it. I almost went with Vegas Vacation, which is the fourth in the I don't know how how many they've got now. It was the fourth one. It was the fourth one. And I kind of do like Vegas Vacation, even though I know it's a pretty awful movie. But I do have a soft spot for Vegas Vacation. But I decided to go with the original because the original one is so good, so funny. It is four people. So uh, I tried to find the four, and that was four people going across country. And I just thought it was really fun. Nice. So that's my number four. That's your number four. Yeah. And my number four for mm-hmm. a movie is a
0: bad sci-fi movie in 1959 that I loved. I remember staying home on Saturday night when my mom and dad went out. And I was just mesmerized by this bad movie called 4D Man. 4D. 4D Instead of the third dimension, he's in the fourth dimension. Robert Lansing And Lee Merriweather Mm. were the two stars of this film, and he was able to walk through walls. But the bad thing is that he was aging rapidly. He was getting real old, and the only way he could stop getting old is to touch younger people and And absorb their their life force, suck the youth out of them. There you go. And that movie ended. That movie ended. It finally had its dramatic ending, and it said, The end. And then on the screen, there question was mark. a question mark, there you which go. was also done in the first Blob. In the first, the Blob movie, it ended the same way. The end, question mark. But I just love that movie. It's it's <laughs> kitschy and
1: uh, 4D man. 4D man. Yes. All right. My number three is from the year 2000. A movie called Requiem for A Dream. Oh, come on. No, here's the thing, no, it's about four people, it's four different oh, okay. stories addicted to drugs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there you go. You thought I was gonna zig and I zag. Yeah, you did, you, you tricked me. You, There's you four me. that that movie definitely has four pieces to it. That's a definite four movie, even if you want to say like vacation might be kind of, yeah, I don't know, it's got four characters, but this movie definitely has four different types of addiction. And um,
0: I'm glad you're justifying it not with the title having
1: the word right, four. Right, you right, saw right. my—I yeah, right. I yeah. knew that was good. Yeah, be you were messing cheese. with me. Cheap. I like that. So, all right, so yeah, I did Requiem for a Dream? I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think
0: you're going to contest my number three. Okay,
1: because it's a little bit of a cheat, like
0: my Three Amigos, <laughs> 1984. Oh. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, The original one, the one in black and white that was not made in 1984. The remake was 1984. Ah, Pretty clever.
1: This was in 1956. It's a black and white British film. Can I interrupt real quick? Please. You know the remake? They shot... There's a scene that is supposed to happen on like May 10th or something like that in this one place. And they shot May 10th in 1984. They shot that scene... In the the book, it's like here's what's supposed to happen. I can't remember what it was. I will have to look it up. But they yeah. shot that scene on that same on the day, day on the day it was supposed to happen. Yeah, they were like they tried it's to make great. the schedule align that's, with the book.
0: That's. I didn't know the novel actually did that. It yeah, broke down like, like a, the dates. There so was, was
1: at some point there was like one time. That's really cool. Yeah. What an homage. What Sorry a, to interrupt. What a tip of the hat that yeah. is to the
0: original source. That's pretty incredible. That's I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. There was a, a worthy interruption. This is the nineteen fifty six version, Black and White is a British movie. Edmund uh, Edward O'Brien. Yeah, was that his name? Yes. And uh also um Pleasants Donald Pleasance. Mm-hmm. I always liked him. He was in it too. But the whole thing with the ending, and I, I was riveted by this film, and the, the famous ending with down with big brother, down with big brother, and they're chanting, and we see the big TV monitor on the side of the building, down with big brother. And I was at home watching it with my mom, my dad, and my brother, who was older than I was. And the movie ended- people. It's four people. I got up, and I pointed to my brother, and I went, down with big brother. Well, my mom and dad laughed so hard, they thought I was really cute. Okay, anyway, that's my number three. Just wanted to share that. (laughs) Ira's been chasing the dragon
1: of attention like that ever since. (laughs) All right, my number two. We're on two, right? Yes. Number two is from 1996, a movie about four boys who uh, wind up... uh, It kind of toggles back and forth Between an older version of themselves I'm sorry An older version And a younger version uh, Four boys It was a movie that was mentioned I think we mentioned it last week On the um, Or last episode On the De Niro The Stars De Niro Sleepers Did you ever see Sleepers? I didn't Oh it's good man It's a really good movie 1996 Sleepers It's a really cool documentary About these four boys That commit this crime And uh I'm going to just kind of leave it at that. It's definitely got some twists and turns in really? it. Really? Yeah. Um, they were something, they were molested as kids, and it's now that they're older, they're basically, do they, the, the, the whole concept is like, should they lie on the stand in order to convict this guy uh, that had molested them when they were younger? And you
0: know what? It's a big twist. They weren't really molested, were they? Really. No, no. They all liked it. They molested they each other. It. They liked yeah. it. They relished in it.
1: They, they molested him.
0: him. They molested him yeah. Anyway, there you go. I'm particularly proud of my numbers two and one. Mm -hmm. And here we go. My number two is The Four Musketeers. Mm -hmm. Now, there's an interesting backstory, and I'm sure you know this. This is 1974. And um, as I'm sure you know, that it was one long, long movie, and it was too long. And they were going to release it with an intermission, but that wasn't marketable at that time, so they cut it in half. Oh, I didn't know You didn't know this? No. Yes. And look at the stars who were in... Richard Lester directed this film, oh, okay. and it had it had Michael York, it had Oliver Reed, it had Charlton Heston, Faye Dunaway was in it, Christopher Lee, uh, Lee, Lee, not Christopher, oh, take a drink. All right, anyway, Christopher Lee was in it, and here's what's really great about this film. So yes, it was much too long, and they decided to chop in the middle, and make. then six months later, they released uh, The Four Musketeers. They had three and then four with the same cast. The actors protested because they were paid for one oh, wow. film. Lawyers got involved. There were lawsuits. And because of that film, you're going to love what I'm about to tell you, SAG came up with a clause where you've got to say, is this going to be one movie or more than one movie that my people, are, my, these people are going to be acting in? So they named the clause after the, the producer of the film. Wow. Because what he did was a little bit slimy because these people were paid only once for two separate films. And because of that incident... All the actors' clauses now in SAG say number of films in this particular project. Isn't that interesting? interesting? Isn't that great trivia? I knew you'd love that.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. I taught you something. I did not know that. That's my number two. My number one. Do you know what my number one is?
0: Well, no. Give me a year. 2015.
1: Ooh. Do you want want a hint? Yeah, I do. All right. Turn around. Mad... Mad yeah. Max: Fury Road is episode number four uh, in the Mad Max trilogy. Come I'm on, man! Do with you, come on.
0: So it's the fourth one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. number
1: four. It's episode. It's the fourth.
0: I, I, I understand, but is it build that way? Is that part of the title? Mm, no, but it's no. A, it's the
1: fourth one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to point out, however, that that is uh, under some controversy. I think I might have told you that recently. I went to uh, to watch the first three that were being shown at the Arrow Theater in yeah, Santa Monica. and everyone out of... Uh, well, I, Vernon we, Wells was there, who plays yeah. Wes from Road Warrior, and as he was leaving, I was like, you're not going to stay and watch the third one? Thunderdome. And he said, uh, no, no, there's only, there's only <laughs> two. I love the, that story. Number three and number four don't count. He I did not that. count them as being Oh, candy. he didn't
0: count four either, I, only I, the first he, two. He,
1: I don't, he didn't say number four specifically. He definitely said it about number three. He said that about Thunderdome. Yes, we all know that. But he said there's... there's only two mad max movies that's what he said i love that and he didn't didn't say there were there was three if you include the new one but he definitely does not count thunderdome Uh,
0: who would yeah again
1: basically i'm not watching that trash yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i love
0: it turner we don't need another hero we don't need another hero. okay sorry
1: that was my impression of her it was great. fantastic okay yeah yeah okay I I've, I've almost wanted to reenact Ike and just uh, beat you up.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was not a nice guy. Oh, really? He? No, from what huh. I understand. Yeah. Okay. All right, my number one. Yeah. The word four is not in the title. Forrest Gump? For- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. But it definitely is about four people. Okay. And I really like this film a lot. 1969, Paul Merzurski, the great Paul Merzurski-directed. Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice.
1: I thought about did that. Did you movie. really? I did. Did you really? Bob, Ted and Carol and Alice. Yeah. Bob and Bob, Carol. Bob yeah. and Ted and, and that little, the ampersand. The ampersand. You're
0: right. Yeah. I, I looked into this. And there's all the ampersands. So it's not set off with commas or anything. We're talking Natalie Wood and Robert Culp and Elliot Gould and Diane Cannon. And I, the movie affected me. And again, it was 1969, you know, of the right age and getting, ending my college stuff. And, um, and the four of them, and Robert Culp was doing I Spy. And it was just great seeing these four people in this comedy, drama, movie with a profoundly moralistic ending. Mm. They couldn't swap they didn't swap the famous ending in the Las Vegas motel room where it just wasn't going to happen the four of them in bed that was right. like the logo and instead they walk out they go downstairs in Las Vegas down the elevator and we slowly hear Jackie DeShannon singing what the world needs now is and they just form a circle and smile at each other and that was the end but it was a surprising more and then they went back into the room and fucked and they fucked their brains out yeah. and they brought in dogs yeah. <laughs> but it was a surprising more dogs you the more, mean. there are a <laughs> few there surprisingly more Moralistic ending for a film like that in 1969 And I just It it was a great film, an important film for what it was That's my number one You know,
1: I I have a little secret that when I teach debate I I teach, you know, to Elementary and middle school students And whenever I'm Because there's there's four people that are That are being discussed There's two teams of two Uh, We do public forum debate And as I'm describing it to them I always make it so Bob and Ted are on a team And Carol and Alice are on a team and the order of the speeches would be Bob, Ted, Carol, and Alice. And no one gets, gets that. It, no one yeah. gets it. But it's always for me. I it's love a, it. It's a little Do joke it for yourself. For yeah. Fuck the kids. They don't they matter. No As long idea.
0: as you're getting your
1: own wink. Yeah. 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 And at uh, one time, I think I taught the class in front of my mom. And my mom was like, what? That's <laughs> my mom funny. She got, got it. Mom got it. Yeah. It was funny. Anyway. Cool. So there's that. Yeah. Oh, scoops? Any scoops? Yeah, um, I do. I have a few. You know, I wanted. Okay. Uh, four Brothers. That's a good uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. Bride of Chucky, the fourth uh, <gasps> uh, uh, one of those movies, uh, Child's Play movies. And that was actually really good. Bride of Chucky was a good one. Yes. Uh, Deliverance, four guys. going. Whoa,
0: around. that's good. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I love. Oh, you didn't put was, that in your top that five.
1: That was close. It was re- oh, right there. Oh, man. Between if I stand of that. by me. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Heat because it's a gang of four people. I was like, yeah, it's not really very fair. People. Well, it's two main guys, but the, it's the 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 guys who robbed the bank, there's four guys that robbed the bank. And I was like, that That's stretching too far. So I decided not to. I really wanted to put Whiplash in because the time signature was in 7 4 <laughs> And I thought that was, I was like, that's good, but that's stretching a little too far. That's very funny. That's yeah. really creative. I thought about you
0: it. You knew I'd react. I, th- I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Kudos on Deliverance. Yeah. If I had thought of that, I would have definitely put it in my top five. That's what do you nice. guys? The other, I just have two. There was a movie called Four for Texas, and it was uh, it was with Deed Martin and, and Frank Sinatra. and Aunt, It was a cute little, okay. Also, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Remember that movie? About so that I'm one. sure you thought about that. That's it. So um, nice. Yeah. Hey. We did it. We did it.
1: Yeah, man. Well, let's thank Producer Joey for doing a good job. Yeah. Yay. Hey, uh, if people have any four movies, you know what they could do?
0: What should they do, Robert? They
1: should reach out to us through email. where. Our email, in case you didn't know it, is robert at antivapodcast.com. Huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or. And slash or Ira at antivapodcast.com. Four. Four. Don't put a four in there. It'll bounce. And
1: fanned four. Ira at yeah, okay. uh, or they can reach out four they can teach it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm fucking myself yeah, up yeah, now yeah. they can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram our handle there is at Pod.
0: yes it is we're all over the place aren't we Robert four four I was trying to find a golfing movie yeah. a golf movie There were the elf okay uh, you can find us also on it's uh, Caddyshack I, I, that's uh, yeah yeah because it's about yeah okay iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play uh, we're on where are we we're on
1: Spotify just go to our website or throw us four bucks God. Over at Patreon. He's not, he's not stopping. And help he's keep the sprocket holes moving. Yeah. Next week. Yes. We're going to watch Ford this. versus Ford. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. When are you going to stop doing these four references? In four episodes. <laughs> Welcome I to season four, four yeah, everybody. Yeah, I think it's in four seconds. I'll stop.
1: <laughs> Get a grip. It's going to be a rough one. It's going to be a fun year, Ira. Yeah. I'm
0: sleepy. I'm going to go
1: home. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. For us. And until then...
0: Keep watching movies. Make him stop, will you? Keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort him out. (music) Armenians, go home. We don't want you here.